Hey you guys, it's Kilowa. I am attempting to figure out the Anchor app because I just gave like a really emotional podcast and I just can't even bear the idea of losing it, but I'm I'm titling it Sobriety, so that should give you like a little bit of a preview. Uh, <coughs> the precursor for this, if I have to repeat it, will just be me giving a really unemotional rundown on the way to go get Braylon because I have to go get her soon. So we'll talk. We'll talk soon. Love you. Bye. Yo, what up? It's your girl, Kilowatt. I am sitting in my house crying like a baby. Like a full-blown baby. And it started... God, when did it start? What day is it? Saturday night. It started Sunday Sunday night into Monday morning. And I had what I would call one of many experiences in my life where you um feel regret like in a shame that spirals and um it's hard. It's hard because I want to find the words to say out loud to bring to you, but I can only feel them inside of me. And then when I go to sit down and write them out, I do channel writing. And it's just like, whatever I write is literally just coming from my soul. Like it just, it's just out there and it's pretty, but it doesn't allow me to process because I don't have that fucking internal monologue that everybody else has. It's super lucky. It just makes it hard. Like, I just... I just realized that one of my favorite people on my Facebook, and I forgot his name, and I was sad that I forgot his name, was one of my favorite people in real life that would come visit me and we would share and gossip, and I didn't... I couldn't make that connection because of my fucking brain, and it's so hard to just be me, like, in this... Because everybody thinks that I'm fine and everything's great. And like, it's not great, dude. It's not great. I'm I'm sorry to suck. Let me do something to suck. It's, It's not great. And I'm sorry for being hysterical, but I just got ignored for the fucking fifth day in a row. Nobody has called me back to tell me what is going on with Jake. I got one message from his caseworker this morning at 8 a.m. because they're three hours ahead. And so I called her back and I texted her and I emailed her and she didn't write me back. And I called Osterlin and they wouldn't call me back. And I just feel like... And you may not be with it, like, on the Osterland. So Jake's in a medical facility. He's my oldest son. And um, I've been waiting because on last Monday he was taken. Or he coordinated a way to get away, which I don't blame him because foster care sucks. So being in a facility where you can't communicate sucks. And his dad said something really toxic to him about being in this facility until he was... 
18 and it just killed me because I I put in a request for him to come home and I only gave up custody of him so that he could get treatment and it just went way fucking sideways and I lost my kid in the system. And it's been one of the more painful experiences in my entire life. But the worst in general was knowing that he was hurting and I couldn't help him. Knowing that something has already been done to him and I can't save him. And that was the very first episode of this podcast. It's one of the main encompassing themes of this fucking show. If you're so into it and you haven't listened to the first fucking episode, you better fucking do it. Because that will explain the premise of my entire life to you. You will understand everything about me if you learn the the first fucking episode of the entire series. So just when you're done listening to this, scroll down to the very first one and then continue. Because you will see a journey of a woman who's just gone through some shit. And this is my therapy. And you also see an addict who's like trying to overcome everything and understand what generational wounding is and try and make sense of the occult and and just trying to find a connection to spirituality and just find purpose and meeting in a life where she feels lost. And right now I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Because last night I had one of the most beautiful conversations with a woman that I love. She's my new roommate, Marisha, and she may not be living here, but she's here a lot, and I just... Her and I have some fucking divine connection, man, because we were healing some shit between our conversations, and it just broke something inside of me that made me realize that I was the problem, that I was, that I have been the problem, that my addiction and that me not... Looking at the trauma and shit that I, that I couldn't accept. Like, I couldn't accept that I was with somebody that would enable me to be an addict. So he would enable me just to abuse me on a different level, but it was psychological. And then I was with somebody who physically abused me and sexually abused me and, like, mentally broke me. And it, all of it just sort of, like, um, it sucks when you're a woman that got beat or hurt or raped and you see that it was done to your child and it breaks something inside of you and you just don't want to fucking feel it anymore. And that's it. That's why I do this. Just one moment. <coughs> I don't do this to take jabs at people that I don't care about. I'm not even checking for your shit. Uh, I know I've got two bitches right now that are angry at me and have been reporting my shit to TikTok. And I filed a cyber stalking order against one of them in order to identify which IP address it was in case I need to file another cyber stalking order against the other. And, um, The problem is that I look for love in all the wrong places. 
And the issue is that I'm a healer and I understand where the wrong places are because I'm trying to subconsciously recreate healing for myself. So I become interested in the dove with the broken wing. And I love driving the 72 because it it gives me a feeling of commonality. Like I feel just as broken as everybody else's. We all have generational wounding. You can see it on the exterior lining of your life. If you got shitty credit, if you can't hold a job, if you have issues with addiction, then it's likely you have generational wounding. And I can tell you number one on the docket is my ex's grandfather took custody of the two girls and then moved in with a new bitch who... LFC and I affectionately call Mimi and ironically the kids also call Mimi and she pretends to be this great person but she it was her mother's mother so Marlene Braylon's middle name when we said we're gonna name Braylon after you with her middle name Marlene rolled her eyes and Tara Benson saw that and she said out loud Marlene rolled her eyes. We told her that at dinner. And and Tara sees shit for what it is, which is why she doesn't fuck around with the shit where it's like, like I love Hobby Lobby and shit, right? And I love like Michaels and things. But for me, it's never been a priority because I have never been raised in a family that was super functional. I was raised by a woman that survived. My mother is very strong and she did teach me the core values and assets in this life that ensure me to get from one to the other. And I can tell you that I am extremely lucky because she was very intelligent, as was my father. You don't need school to be intelligent. If you've watched Rick and Morty, you'll understand that that shit is just a system to make you dumb. It's to make you comply. So when you realize the true intelligence, like... This is the thing that really bothers me. Marisha and I are up talking all night and I'm discussing things with her because I know she's an intelligent person. And we're, we're talking about these soul healings and everything. Everything we've been through where we realize that we've been projected upon, where we've been enabled so that we could be judged and abused. And it was like, it was, it was like a, a web, a spider web for someone that abuses is that if you grab someone with addiction, you can abuse them more by being perfect. And then you can keep them there and trap them and make them your personal target. And it is fucked up. It's fucked up. And I saw that pattern play out. And so when you're, when you're intelligent, you can see patterns and you see how things play out. And the issue is that Marisha has an eighth grade education and she thinks she's dumb. She literally thinks she's dumb. She thinks she doesn't have this and that. And I think that has contributed to her addiction because what I've told her since I've been here is that Justin doesn't think you're dumb, dude. He doesn't think you're dumb. Justin just has the same mannerisms that I do and we talk the way that we do. And so what happens is if you don't understand a word, then you think people are trying to be condescending. And I said to her, all you have to do now is just say, Alexa, what does that mean? And then she plays it and she understands. But here's the difference between someone who, between someone who is not intelligent and someone who is, is that when someone is intelligent, you can tell them a word and they're going to fucking figure it out. They'll figure it out. 
but there's a soul memory or some type of memory inside of them. It doesn't mean that they remember where they put their phone or their social security card. It means when you say allocate, you're going to know what the fuck that means after like two times hearing it. And so when I speak to my ex the way that I did, I'm not saying he's not intelligent, but I'm saying he doesn't care to be intelligent. All he has to do is do the bare minimum because that's what he was taught. It's generational wounding. They don't expect much of you because they're trying to keep you there. They need you to be codependent. And that's where I need a fucking dude that is not going to succumb to anything and don't bitch out on me. I need you to sit there and ask yourself, is my unhappiness with the way that my family interacts and works out worth the overall detriment of emotional, mental capacity, deteriorate, like deterioration that will follow of me succumbing to this abuse? Because the issue is when you teach children misogyny, they repeat it. And I don't want my child to be a misogynist, nor do I want my daughter to internalize misogyny. And I think that could be one of the main factors as to why K2 is super fucking misogynist and she doesn't even know it. And I want to save her ass. I want to save her ass just like fucking Marisha saved me and LSC saved me. Like, I didn't know what misogyny was. Just like how I want to save Jocelyn. That bitch fucking hates me and I never even fucked her husband. But she hates me because I was his friend. She hates me because she thinked I fucked her husband. And she messages me in the middle of the night saying, what was it? We're not even divorced yet. And I know that that's bullshit because he already said the shit was. And so at this point, I'm just sitting here looking back going, you're, you're stupid bitch, dude. Like you're going to get mad at me and I, you're going to fucking call me at one thirty. I didn't do shit to you. But one of the favorite things that I ever noticed that I've ever recreated is that on K2's, whatever it is, the TikTok, uh, or no, it's Facebook, I think. And this is the thing is that I actually genuinely stopped looking at her shit recent. Um, I was it was brought to my attention, and I won't speak as to what, but something was brought to my attention recent, and I think she got mad about my we're not even married or whatever thing comment on TikTok. And so anyway, it was brought to my attention that she was angry about that. And what I was trying to say was just that I'm trying, I'm genuinely trying to get away from the things in my life that are bad for me. So I've been trying to get out of drinking alcohol and I've been trying to get out of toxic relationships, right? Or codependency. And it was like a Facebook post that you made about, um, like I, I, I have more than one person that hates me, bitch, but can I just say for the record that if my ex loves you and my daughter loves you, then I have to love you, even though I hate you for what happened and I hate you for what you've done and what we continuously do. I don't want this anymore. Like, And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to get away from looking at your post because I realize that I'm dealing with a daughter who was left by her mom. And I feel like you were raised by a man who was a misogynist and buried those misogynistic beliefs inside of you. That you had to be a certain way. You had to do this and that. But the truth is you were always fucking fine. You're fine. You've always been fine. 
Brent has a beauty inside of him where he can see someone that's fine and love them. That's why him and Tara get along. Tara's great. And I'm, I'm happy that you're a good person. Um, I figured out that you are a good person. And I just, I'm sad that things have gone the way that they have because I wish it could be different. And part of me was just looking at this whole thing and I was looking at some toxic people in my life and I was like, even though you and I hate each other, you're not toxic because you benefit other people as do I. And then the the difference is, is that the only reason why it was ever toxic is because I was still being enabled as he was being enabled to continuously abuse or subconsciously abuse and generationally abuse because his family is very stuck on judgment, one person. So when you get stuck on judgment in a family, you get stuck on hating that one person and they become the scapegoat and it becomes toxic. So what I'm seeing is, is that I've met and I was recently involved with a very toxic person who I suddenly realized this person is very toxic and they're no longer welcome in my life um, because they were perpetuating drama. And I was like, get the fuck out, dude. Like I thought, I thought we were friends, but listening to the way that you're saying things, it makes it cloudy. It makes it cloudy. And it makes me feel like you love the drama, which I always knew about Jocelyn and Charlie. But truth be told, I don't really think Jocelyn loves the drama. I think Jocelyn's in a web of toxicity. And I, if you're, if you are like most of the time when people listen to this shit, it is like 11 to 12 followers. And I know I have a solid 12, one who doesn't subscribe, but I have a solid 12. So that's why it's funny to me when people like yell at me about what I say on the podcast. Cause I'm like, dude, it's like literally a dozen people that listen to it. Like that's it. I mean, my favorite person on the whole planet is Amber Khan. A-M-B-E-R-K-H-A-N. She is the most spiritually evolved woman you've ever met in your life. And she is everything. But she's got like a million fucking followers. And so I am not even going to compare myself to that. So when people say this and that, how could you say this? I'm like, there's 12 people and half of them are people I work with. They're my family members. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, why are you so mad? I'm just saying what I feel in order to get me through the shit that I've gone through. If you listen to the first podcast and every subsequential podcast, you will see that. You'll see that I've literally just gone through the motions because that's all I know how to do. I don't fucking go through and do anything methodically. If I did, my finances would be way better. So fun fact, I'm a broke ass bitch, but at the same time, there's a purpose and a reason behind it. And it's because I'm undiagnosed. Part of me wonders if I'm bipolar. <coughs> I guess this last weekend, I've never had this experience before, but I had like a feeling of mania where you're feeling like overly euphoric and overly this and that. And then usually substance abuse happens or some type of thing, but it was because I was pushing Braylon off to her dad sooner so I could go be euphoric and do the toxic shit that my body wants to do because of chemical imbalance. And I was like, dude, all this time, like, I still think that I'm autistic very much so. 
because of the way that things are in my brain. But I also am starting to think that maybe there might be a dual diagnosis, that there's a possibility I could be bipolar and not know it. Like, in which case, I watched my one of my best friends, Brett, and his wife, Mandy, fall apart because she was bipolar and didn't know it. And I watched Marisha and Justin fall apart because she was bipolar and didn't know it. Uh, I didn't watch it happen, but I heard about the things that happened. And it, it was unfortunate because I also watched one of my very best friends, Chrissy, kill herself. <laughs> because she was bipolar. And she just found out it was just getting detoxed from the meds. And she called me and I did answer the second time she called me right before she took the pills this is the second second person that I fucking love that was one of my best friends that died and I I can't fucking lose any more people man like it's we have to just take on mental health like full on like it has to be 100% end game mode like Terminator status. Like, we got to just come at it like a fucking wildebeest. Like, like a goddamn spider monkey. Like, like the meltdown that I had in my shower when I realized that I was one of the big contributors to the reason why my marriage ended. That I realized that it was my episodes and, like, the addiction and the, the lack of understanding. It was, like, too much, man. I'm... One of the biggest heartbreaks that I've ever been through is not being able to understand why I feel the way that I feel. And then understanding like that it is going to be drastic is crazy. So being autistic and bipolar is like one of the worst things. And then top off OCD, <laughs> like why I have to do certain things. It's stupid. People judge me. They hate me. And then having a head injury, like it's fucked up. All of it, dude. I'm like a fucked up little chicken wing. Like you see a bucket of chicken wings and you're like, that one looks delicious. And this one's got like one feather on it. And you're like, I'm not eating that. (laughs) Then I got like five feathers and I'm like scrawny. And it's, I need to get back to loving myself. Because I've spent so much time hating myself. And I think that's one of the things that I've been taught. It's like a self type of abuse thing. And so um, I'm working on that. I'm working on that right now. I've, I've been listening to really good books and I have an appointment on Saturday. And I've been waiting to hear back from Jake's counselor and his caseworker. And I just feel like... I just want my daughter. I want her here. I want to just cuddle and watch a cute movie and just feel normal. Um, But I've had like a huge emotional day. And I couldn't go to work today because I just felt so... I'm going to talk to my counselor about it, but I just felt so fucked up about everything. Like, I don't want to transfer emotion from one person to the next. I don't want to continue to disassociate. I don't want to continue to self-medicate. I want to heal my shit and I want to get it right and I want to step it up a a fucking notch. And I'm going to do that. 
And I don't need anybody to tell me if that's okay. I don't need anybody to tell me to keep going. Because all I see at the end of the tunnel is me and my kids and I in a house. And we're happy and it's Christmas. And I have my own fucking light show. And I have my own fucking Thanksgiving dinner. And I don't need to be invited anywhere. Because I'm my own motherfucking party. And I know where the fuck I'm sitting, bitch. So don't feel bad for me. Just know that I'm going to be fine. But I've hit a lot of realizations. And it's... It's fucking powerful, man. It's super powerful. And it's so hard to, to say or convey without coming across as insane. And like only people who've gone through like addiction and mental health would understand. And I just don't want to fight. I don't want to fight with Brent or K2 anymore. I just want to be able to live this life and raise our kids. Like it's obvious you guys are in love. You're going to get married. That's great. Does it minimize the amount of pain and hurt that I've been through? No. But like I said to Brent, it's entirely possible for two people to experience two different realities. And so for me, when I said, when we got back together every fucking week, for me, it was like, we're going to get back together next week. And then he showed up with you. And then you're telling me to leave him alone. And it was very traumatic. It was really hard because that was my love. That was, in my mind, that was the love of my life and my soulmate. And it was like, somehow he thought I was so easily replaceable. He could do it in a week and he can find a bitch of the same name. And my kid is like, I don't know what's going on. And I can't even get mad because every time I did, he would bring up the no contact order. He'd be like, you need to stop because of this and that. And I would just be like, fuck you. And Jocelyn, I'm sorry that I sent that to you. But also, don't fuck with me. And so anyway, I just, I'm tired of being fucked with by people. I'm going through my own shit. I don't need your drama. I need to simplify the shit I got in my own life. And I'm trying to fix the homestead. And if that means that I got to be fucking friends with the, what I consider to be the home wrecker, although I feel very strongly that it was just really weird timing. And I don't think that we've all communicated enough. And I think my emotions were so explosive and angry because I have a very explosive angry energy inside of me I think it really limited our ability to communicate healthy and I want to have a healthier life as co-parents because I love that you are a good co-parent to Braylon I love her backpack and I appreciate what you do and I'm sorry that I thought you flipped me off and I flipped you back off because your fucking TikToks are bitchy and I'm sorry that I still look because part of me loves Brent still and that's hard for me to admit but I just do I loved him for so long it's hard to just end that but I'm just a fucking mom trying to heal and fix my kids and my journey and the things that I don't have power over right now. And I just need people to fucking hang back a sec and give me a minute so I can figure out what I did. Because I don't really fully grasp it yet, but I know Sunday night I did. And that was the beginning of this fucking meltdown. So I hope you're all doing well. I love and appreciate you and you've given me so much insight and love and motivation and I will never forget that 
But I have to go because I have to clean up, do some dishes, make some dinners. So when I go to get Braylon, I'll have like a lovely chicken dinner and rice that she loves. That's her favorite fucking dinner. So K2, if you're listening, it's chicken, rotisserie chicken and white jasmine rice. It's the easiest fucking dinner. She'll eat it every time. And if you give her carrots on top of it, she'll eat it. And then, but if you want her to eat kale and spinach and shit, you have to grind that shit up and put in spaghetti. So white cauliflower too, you can do that. Anyway. Yo, I just want to say for a moment, um, if you ever get caught up in my emotions, like much like any of my partners, they, and family members, they should know, like, (coughs) I'm incredibly interchangeable. Okay. So. I'll be expressing my emotion to you, but once I reach a level of comprehension or understanding, I'm okay. It's not a permanent thing. I'm going to be fine. I'm I'm a mutable energy. Like I am I'm ready always to shift. And so it's one of the worst things about me because you don't know which way I'm going to go, but at the same time, at least you should know Whatever I'm going through is going to be over soon. Once I figure out how to express my emotion properly, which is one of the main things that I understood about myself, which is why I created this podcast, because I had a lot of shit floating around in my head and a lot of stories that were really fucked up and I just didn't know what to do with them. And I'm audio, man. I got to re-listen and learn and heal and transcend and I have to understand myself. So this is a self-actualizing therapeutic tools. So if you find it to be something that I'm using as a method to jab at you, I promise it's not. Maybe in the beginning of everything, yeah, but for now it's just me trying to heal shit. So just take heed in knowing that I'm okay and I'm about to go get my little girl and I'm going to get our little, I got her these, before I was broke, I got these cute little, they call them tote, tote woo, tote woo. And it's a bracelet where if I miss her and she misses me, we can press a button and it'll like light up and vibrate. And it's just like a reminder because she has a hard time with social media and stuff. And I wanted to send it to Jake, but I was broke as fuck. I knew I was going to have no money, so I had to save whatever I had. But by the time I thought about it, I was like, dude, like I want that for Jake too. I'm really disappointed that the caseworker didn't write me back or call me back. I've been harassing them for five fucking days. It'd be nice to get like something considering he wasn't taken from me. I gave him up. It was because I needed him to find treatment. I gave it up so that he could get better and they're taking advantage of the fact and neglecting me and it makes me so mad. Anyway, um, Regardless, all of this requires me to be a healthy and functional individual as I usually am. I just, to be fully healed, you have to learn how to get rid of your demons and that's what I'm working on. So I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. See you dreams. Bye.